the comic book pit. Okay. Folks, you heard the man. Welcome to Comic Book Pit number 177. Uh, Dan Greenwald is off in a parallel universe <laughs> this week. Uh, sealing fissures in the space-time continuum. Uh, <laughs> and instead, uh, I am Jared. I'm the Duke, and I am back. <laughs> <laughs> from, yeah, I don't know. From, uh... From some fancy sorts. I don't know. From walking in the desert. Yeah. And hey. I am Sean, Master of the Mystic Arts. <laughs> and crochet. And cro- oh, and crochet. Diversify that portfolio. Okay. Exactly. Make some doilies and whatnot. And we are back this week. <laughs> and Simply doilies. You know, it's, um, we still haven't had like a proper quorum. For, what, two years I was on this show and just sat here idly while you and Dan would discuss Walking Dead. <laughs> now I just, like, put my microphone on mute and go, like, make a sandwich and then just come back. And now, now, I'm an avid viewer. Wow. I am. Uh, He's, he is with the program. I am there. I, you know, I'm not a Sunday night viewer. I watch football on Sunday nights, but I do watch it on Monday nights. Yeah. I, I watch, not only do I watch The Walking Dead on DVR, Scott Hedlund, yeah. I watch The Talking Dead on DVR. Oh, yeah, Talking Dead's a lot of fun, too, though. And I watch uh, Comic Book Pit. So I do like my AMC Sunday night on right? Monday night. On Monday night. Um, comic Book Men, for the haters out there, I get it. I get it. Hey, I, I was I, put I, it on, induced, I enjoy it, but... I actually haven't enjoyed this season more than some of the other seasons. I you haven't. Yeah, you have? I have. Okay. Because, well, I mean, this week was the BronyCon, which was, yes. that was amusing in itself, so, uh, that they all dressed up as bronies and whatnot and, and were actually in the costume contest. That was funny. That, that was... Absolutely. And good for them, you know, like, there's, it seems like they've actually stepped out and really, they're really enjoying being in the limelight, you know. Yes, they had a baby on a couple weeks ago. It was, yeah. uh, it's been a hoot and a holler. No, um, I put it on. I, uh, I don't sit there like and watch it intently. I'll have it like to the side while I'm like writing or drawing or what have you. Um, I, I just watch it. It's like, oh, I enjoy this, but if, when I see all the grumbles, I get it. I get it. I certainly won't begrudge anybody for uh, hating on it, but we did not come here to discuss comic book men. Scott had on you we, said wait, you what? had we didn't we did not no. we did not you we are here you said you had a statement to make on The Walking Dead I'm hoping to talk about it like I'm such a a, a relatively newbie to this show I have questions and would like to discuss it but we, I, 
Well, I fear we may be two ships passing in the night here, Duke. <laughs> Strangers in the night. Yeah, I, some someday there will be a singing episode. I swear, um, of Comic Book Pit. Um, the final one. <laughs> the final episode. That'll be. That's how we will end it. Uh, with the song. Yeah. And um. No. Um. Walking Dead. Let's see. Uh, Eugene. Let's talk about Eugene. We can talk about Eugene. Yeah, uh, and and you know, of course, the big warning. If you haven't seen it, we are going. We're, I'm about to spoil the episode for you. Yes. Uh, and what are the storylines uh, that have been going on for quite some time? So evidently, like, I had this conversation with Dan, um, obviously off air. Uh, yeah. Eugene was a comic, a character from the comics. So so you you knew what this dude was all about. Going as soon as he popped up, correct? Yeah. Oh I, yeah. I yeah. had my suspicions on him early in the episode, but the floor is yours. Okay, so here it is. <laughs> I I do not think the group is going to leave Atlanta. Oh, you know, I thought you were going to make some like proclamation on the show, like it's gone in the toilet. No, you're just like, <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. On the plot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you think that because they only went, they didn't, that side group only got like what the next town over or something like that. They did not get very far because when the bus crashed, they're like, we're like, we went 15 miles, yeah. and we could go back. Well, here's the big, that's the big difference actually between the comic book and and the TV show, is that Eugene actually doesn't come clean about him not being a scientist. Yeah, you said spoilers alert. Speak freely. I we've already let it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But he does in the comic. He does not reveal that until they're in DC. Oh, so they actually get all the way there, right? So it's a it's a big difference, I think, that they revealed it so early. Um, because now, really, why would they go? You know, they're going to rethink it, and it actually <clears throat> this storyline that's occurring uh, <clears throat> that the previous week with Beth yes. um, is in it. in quote unquote slab town in which is part of Atlanta. Right. Uh, that doesn't occur in the comic. So that's actually, the road is turning around on them. They're turning back towards Atlanta to, me, to go get them. Let me ask you this. Cause that was that, like the Beth episode from two weeks ago. I enjoyed it. I did see some poo poos on it, but for me as a dude who like rather green on all this, I mean, I saw the first couple episodes. I saw like half of the farm season, which you think I would have remembered Beth, but I had no idea who she was. Yeah. Every time she was there in those episodes I watched. Um, and then, like, I missed, like, two whole seasons of it. And then, like, people may recall I watched the season finale and enjoyed that. So now I watch it every week. And because now I have AMC, so I can watch it. Um, I didn't know who Beth was, so that was. I enjoyed that episode because it filled me in on this character. Now, was that, do you know, or your theory, run concurrent with, like, this week's episode and the episode from three weeks ago oh, in the church yeah. and or like that's been like from whenever she went missing up until like the current moment in time. Uh, and, yeah. And and uh, spoilers at the end of that episode, Carol gets wheeled in. Is are we going to see like that converge like at the end of next well, week's episode? Do you think? Yeah, my my guess is that this this coming week will be the. Uh, how did we get here? You know, like how did how did Daryl and Carol get to where we last seen them? And you then, know, Daryl's back at the at the church and Carol's on a stretcher. 
Okay, and, so yeah, and eventually, so then it, it will come back to even after that where Daryl's in the woods at the church, and he's like, come on out. So like, right. then, so then it'll be like three, maybe four episodes that did all this catching up on these different strands that brings everything back to that moment. Yeah. I, I enjoy, and that's what, and then because it's winding down to the fall finale, there's like, what, two episodes left? Yeah, uh, no, there's. I think there's three episodes. Three? And I think that okay. the, it'll be the one with Daryl and Carol, and then two and after what that, happened. and then two after that, and that'll probably be some kind of confrontation at that slab town. And wow. um, is my guess anyway. I, I did enjoy how the slab town was like a parallel of yeah. their group. Yeah, I sure. Saw like you know the if the cop that <laughs> leading the group was wackadoo. Actually, my brother raised a good point about that, is that maybe Rick knows her, you know? Possibility. Because both cops, cops, yeah, from Atlanta, you know? So there's a chance they could have met previously. I did. did, Have they ever done, in that uh, episode with Beth, the Slab 10 episode, has it ever happened before where they used a walker or marauder as a weapon like that before? Uh, Oh, where Beth did that? Yeah, when she, like... Smacked that cop in the head and then, like, pretty much just threw him at the zombie, and that's how he met his demise. Oh, um, Yeah, it was pretty clever. First, she walks into this room, she sees, like, this corpse on the floor, and she's like, eh. And she's, like, going about, like, trying to be sneaky, and then this one dude comes in, he's been, like, a bad guy the whole time, and he's getting all creeper on her, and, like, he's about ready to uh, assault her, and she notices that the, the body on the floor's arm is starting to twitch. It was a little maneuver and like causes the dude down on the floor right in front of the, the zombie that just comes, you know, back to afterlife and then chows down on him. So like, huh. Yeah, she, she was using her noodle. That's pretty smart. Well, you know what? The, the only thing about that is, is like our, is, is the way that episode, and, and it's just some, this is more me on a commentary about society, but I like that basically assault if if you intend to assault someone, then murdering them is okay. <laughs> it is, Scott. It yeah. is. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Like rape, he, rape, he... it's justifiable. In, in, in... Well, I'm, you know, let, let's not, let's take the gloves off. I yeah. said assault to be a delicate. Exactly. Rape. It's rape. It's right. Wrong. And, but that's John. We've discussed this on our program. The Figure It Out podcast has a, I mean, its official stance on rape. It's rude. Don't do it. It's rude. And I think Kyle I like that. Should I adopt that sure it's just flat out bad. I approve of that message. Rude is bad. It's <laughs> yeah. rude. It's don't so, be rude. Yeah, don't yeah. be rude. Um. At any rate, the more you know. <laughs> no, but I just thought that was. I was like, wow, that's. It's just funny because like how how TV's written. Like they're basically saying, well, we really want to do this scene where we have this walker save Beth, you know. So they're like, well, what, what, what is a justifiable situation of letting someone oh, be yeah. murdered by a, yeah. a walker, you know? <laughs> it's like, wow, really? <laughs> but yes, Scott. So if you're getting any ideas, <laughs> yeah, know that there Wait, are consequences. Yeah, don't be rude. You're eaten by a <laughs> don't zombie. Don't be rude. <laughs> But no, I enjoy you know, it. It's about society it's, uh, here. I, I've been, have you been enjoying the season? Like when I was at the comic shop, people were like, yeah. eh, you know, a little slow, a little this, a little that. Oh, um, I've been digging blah, blah. it. 
You know, like I, people say that every year. Yeah, you know, like I know as they soon do. as. Well, like, all right. Like I was waiting first... for me to say it, but I, I, I haven't. I, you know, it, when it wasn't, you know, just crossbow dude and katana lady and cop guy just biting necks. I, you, I myself was wondering, like, how am I going to deal with this show once it slows down? Because it can't be that fast paced, you know, just gore action fest every episode. Like, it is going to slow down. Yeah. And it did, and it get, did the character driven stuff. But now, even I, uh, I, I was enjoying it. Well, I think that's why people I, I, stick around. It's not like people bellyache when it's slow, but but the character development I think is what keeps people interested in the show. And I, I feel I invested. Like uh, going back a couple episodes uh, when they had that showdown in the church, like I was feeling like physical nervousness, and like I was oh yeah in my seat. And so you yeah. know, just after you know a few episodes of concurrent watching, I'd gotten that vested into it so yeah i'm down i said i never did you know it was never me like disliking the show i just never got into it right um and then mainly because i never had access to it and then you know i had netflix for a minute and i watched it a little bit there but i never got into it like i was into like 24 i'm into doctor Who. oh yeah no so but now yeah so basically that's part of my weekly schedule Basically, my assessment is is that they are not going to leave Atlanta, even though the comic book has they have left Atlanta and live in the okay. DC area. And there's a you know the other there's Eugene revealed you know that early uh, that that there's no reason to go to DC after all. The second thing is they're turning back towards Atlanta to get Beth. And the third thing is the practical reason of they're already established in it. In yeah, Georgia, they're not, they're not going to pick up production for a film production. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to up uproot and go to DC. Like I just don't see it happening. No, couldn't they just like I don't know, make it look like DC or uh, that's, maybe that's, even that's, have like a uh, they could stuck all thirteen episodes in this room, but they're in DC. Well, uh, they could they could yeah. because as far as you see in the comic, you really just see the Capitol building like once. And they live, they actually live in a town that's nearby. They don't even live in the proper city Around anyway, so. Arlandia. Arlandia. Um. Yeah. Regional reference. At any rate, um, but no, uh, even, you know, take away that third reason for the practicalness of the production, mm-hmm. um, the plot is bringing them back to Atlanta. Like you said, um. Oh! They don't need and one other reason. Now, and they gotta go save Beth, so. And one more reason. Okay. I thought of. Well, I still believe that that we actually saw Negan in that flashback now, um, with the Terminus guys. It's been said, Dan and I discussed this a couple episodes ago. Thank you for listening, Scott. Um, <laughs> Kirkman said it was not. And actually, who that guy was... What? Who that... Do you remember? Okay, so the guy that we saw in that flashback that like threw like Gareth and his team into that trailer... Yeah. That guy was the same Alan Moore-looking dude that got eaten... When they sprung him from the trailer, when the the Grimes group busted oh. out of turn, they're like, they're like, look, that guy had face tattoo. I saw a photo. I didn't see the face tattoo. It was really dark. He was like, no, no, no. There's that face tattoo guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, it, it, I was with you because I asked you on the attack. I was like, hey, is that Negan? Did they introduce Negan? Dan was like, no, no, no. And you were like, I think they did. I was like, I think they did too. Because it looked like how you would adapt that character. Right. To a new medium. And, uh, but 
the powers that be have come out and said no that they did not introduce him already. That was that okay. that guy and Okay, yeah, it was one died. of the guys that, you would think that that guy would have been dead already. I is I guess that's why I you, you know think. I say, the uh would have official him. explanation didn't you know really hold water with me. No. But I'm like, fair enough. I mean, I guess if you're saying that dude has tattoos on his face, I don't see them, but I'm not going to, you know, open that picture in Photoshop and mess with the levels to to prove it. I did do that with a picture of Ben Affleck as Batman, but I'm not going to do it with this. (laughs) I want to see some details. That's That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) All right. But uh, Well, then I will back away from that. Okay. Officially, so I will scratch back that. You have yeah. two good, valid reasons for them coming back to right. Atlanta. Right. But um, would you have anything further on The Walking Dead, Scott? You know, I, I mean, to be fair to, um, you know, the Dukes of Hazard wasn't actually filmed in Atlanta either, or in Georgia either. You know, it was filmed in in California. <laughs> so, what? I'm sorry to I say, know that. my childhood is <laughs> a lie. So if they want to, if they want to. Tell us that they're in D.C. even though they never leave the Atlanta area. I'll believe them. Oh, they totally yeah. could, but I, I, your, oh, yeah. your theory, I think, holds some weight. So <laughs> I, I, I'm then to it's, it's the working, you. it's the working theory. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, moving on, we will stick to television. All right. Here, want to do Smallville um, wasn't filmed in Kansas. Boom. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. What what point were you trying to prove there? <laughs> Are you trying to prove the point that it doesn't? You don't have to film in the city you're set. Maybe you don't have to. Yeah, I know things too. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Well, X Files. Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't filmed too. in deep space. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> oh, you didn't know that wasn't a documentary. No. What? No. What? Guardians uh, of the like, Galaxy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Not in space. Still. I hope you were all sitting down when I dropped that bomb. <laughs> Speaking of bombs, uh, I watched The Flash this week. Yeah. The Flash. The Flash is good. Flash is, I Flash enjoy is it. Good. I enjoy, you know what? I love The Flash because it is what it said it would be. Like, yes, it does get a little hokey. The acting might not be the strongest at times. Although, like, the, the, um, the quote unquote villain of the week this week, who really wasn't a villain. But the the meta human of the week, plastique. Um, her acting was a little plastique at times, but like the main <laughs> cast is stellar. Uh, they do a phenomenal job, and uh, I'm really really impressed with all that and the storytelling, the chemistry. What do you think, what do you think about um, like I, it seems like on the Flash, everybody knows his secret identity that needs to know. Not and, yet. And, There's still one holdout that they're slowly getting to. Iris. Yeah. Iris doesn't know, and it's kind of it, it's important to the plot. Which um, you hadn't watched, or you saw parts of it this week, Scott? I didn't see this week. I just saw some spoilers about who was in it, like Plastique and uh, okay, some other guy. Well, and you you gave me. I haven't seen any of it. Okay, and Scott, you gave me free pass. Go ahead and yeah, go ahead. Anyway. Yeah. So um, as you are aware, you know Iris has been more and more. Interested. And then I'm going to, I'm actually going to turn it off. Okay. Um, Ooh, he's. All right. Lay it on me. Um, Is he gone? No. 
Iris has been more and more interested in who, uh, quote unquote, the streak is. Like she started like creating like a blog, gather stories, and is like doing like investigative journalism, you know, in the new media world uh-huh. to determine, you know, about the streak. Okay. And, uh, you know, Joe West and The Flash are both of the attitude, like, this is a, ba- everyone is, even the, uh, the cat at, uh, Star Labs, like, that's a horrible idea. You know, if she's going out and starting a blog and putting her name on it now, that, you know, about the streak, you know, the bad guy meta villains are gonna think she knows something and that she's gonna make herself a target. Oh, yeah. And so they're dancing around ways to, like, make her stop. And she's like, oh, she's there, I'm not stopping this. She's like, she, she's with Barry, she's like, you know, Barry Allen, you were, you know, your whole life, you've been, you know, talking about the impossible and how the yellow blur killed your mom. Now, all of a sudden, like, you say, like, this is hooey? She's like, this doesn't add up. Yeah. Because that, he, she does not know. And uh-huh. so Wes is like, you know, don't tell her. You know, we talk about this, don't tell her. So as Barry, he tries to convince her to stop doing this. It doesn't work. So he pays her a visit as the Flash. Uh-huh. And it's all like he does this thing, like, with his voice where he can vibrate his vocal cords. Oh, okay. And he, and he does the little, like, vibrating in place thing, too, so she can't see his face. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and even as the Flash, he appeals to her as like, look, you know, this could be bad if you do this. Please stop. I'm asking you as, you know, the Flash, knock this off. And uh, she's still not quite down. And she reveals to the Flash, you know, she's doing it out of her, uh, you know, care for Barry. Yeah. The, the, she feels that if she can prove that something impossible like the Flash can exist, then it gives credence to what, you know, he's been saying his whole life about how his mom got killed. So it's got, you know, all this circular bits going on with it. Okay. But, um, it's, it's get, it was getting to the point where it's like he wants to drop that bomb and it's actually creating a rift in their uh. friendship. So yeah, there's a little drama there. But it's not, you know, it's a CW show and at times, it plays like a CW show yeah. in the bad ways, but it's get, it's gotten stronger and stronger each week. Like the acting of the main cast is getting more and more stronger, and their the chemistry between them is greater, and they can sort of handle that melodrama with a little bit more grace in their performances. And uh, and it's still you know it's, it can be light when it wants to be light. It can be heavy when it needs to be heavy. Um, blown away by it, and they introduced a character. They teased this character all along, but they, you finally saw this character this week. As I live and breathe, Duke. As I live and breathe, <laughs> Gorilla Grodd. Oh yeah, has appeared in you know in that a multimedia adaptation, and we Come got on. a glimpse into the origin of Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> Gorilla Grodd is going to have the the. World at large is going to meet Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> the, the the cojones of the showrunners to be like, oh yeah, totally, Gorilla Grodd. We'll put yeah. him in too. All like the goofy stuff from the Flash that in past no one would come, you know, a country yeah, mile not... within you know t- range of. They're just g- diving head and long into it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm impressed. And it's like a, a sympathetic origin. And uh, Tom Cavanaugh is a uh, multi-layered character. Well, that was my the reason yeah. I even brought that up that uh, about this the fact that everybody knows his identity when, when it seems like they're telling the audience that this guy's quite a bad guy. 
Um, if, if I did have one little uh, gripe about the show itself, the Flash always pulls his mask off at, like the, in the third act. There's always like a uh, third act scene where he, like, he has to pull his mask off. <laughs> And then, like, and this week, and you'll see when you watch it, it goes back on rather conveniently. Yes, I know he's the Flash. You can do stuff quick, but right. it pops on real fast. <laughs> it, it, like, it cuts no mask, mask, like, in a cut. Like, it was like, all right. I oh. guess. And that second he was off camera, that wasn't even a second he was off camera. It was a cut. In that right. cut, he put his mask on. Like, sure. <laughs> I was like, why is he going to pull his mask on? Like, in the third act, he has this little moment of, you know, his little third act speech. He's gonna pull that mask off. I was like every comic book show movie, you gotta pull the masks off. Yeah. That mask, that mask isn't exactly you know a hide your identity mask. If you know who that was, like if you rolled up on me in that right. mask, I'm gonna figure out it's you. And right. Like vibrate your face and your vocal. Oh yeah. Face. Yeah. But like even when he was like talking to Iris there, and there's like a split second where she looks him right in the face, like from three inches away. I'm like, dude, you're not that far away, and you're yeah. That mask isn't all that concealing. Right. She, you, she's known you your whole life. She's got to recognize your nose and mouth and your eyes for the most part. It's not like your forehead is the identifying piece of a face. At any rate. But, you know, all that aside. I, uh, hey, I, uh, well, I got a question on the side. Like, do you watch Arrow at all? I don't. Do I never got into it. And, again, not like a indictment of its qualities never got into it yeah. um so before we got on the line i saw that they introduced the boxing glove arrow this week oh did they yeah yeah when he punched oh yeah I that was awesome it. dude but yeah evidently they uh they used it yeah yeah i don't know how awesome. it seemed like it made him fairly organic in how it was introduced yeah it was totally because he well, he was actually fighting Wildcat, which was cool. Oh, right on. Or well, well not in that Wildcat scene. Already. Take that back. He was he wasn't fighting. Oh, geez, now I can't remember. But Wildcat's in the in that episode, which I thought was really cool. Um, and it looks like he's going to be a reoccurring character too. Um, but somehow they because he has a gym, you know, and he's teaching Laurel how to fight and stuff. And so there was a glove on hand, and Arrow didn't want to – I forget who he was shooting at now. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But he didn't want to kill the guy. He wanted to knock him out. So he put the glove on the arrow and shot it and basically just punched the guy out with an arrow. <laughs> so silly. But yeah. I give him credit. That's awesome. well, that's cool. No, but my big question about the arrow, because <laughs> I, I think I just like to make goofy remarks, but – um, what Diggle, you know, that's been with him since season one. Okay. I, why doesn't he have his own costume at this point? Like he he wears a ski mask when they go on missions, and you know, so you got Arrow with his green suit, and you got who's and they've officially named uh, Red Hood, you know, the Red Arrow or whatever Arsenal. Mm. Oh, it's, he's not going to go and, by Speedy. Well, they're actually calling um, Thea Speedy, which is kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, I never understood uh, that. Like, I'm, I've I've only watched like uh, the first maybe six or seven, but yeah. Steph watches it like a lot. Like but a that's whole his bunch. nickname for her. Um, but it's just funny because everybody else is wearing a costume, and Diggle like throws on a ski mask. You know, it's like, dude, get 
you know, you got to wear something too now. You know, I'd, I'd be like, no, you can't go on a mission with us. You know, unless you, <laughs> unless you like, wear a cool mask. Like, what the hell you think you're doing? <laughs> we got rules here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got rules. There's rooftop rules. <laughs> get wear There's rooftop rules. Fancy mask and a hood. If you're, if you're wearing a ski mask, you're a criminal. If, if you're, if you're wearing, you know, something that looks more like a vigilante, you're a hero. So, just it just shouldn't be a rule. I, I have a breaking news from the world of media. Okay. It's just been announced that Christoph Waltz will be in the next James Bond movie. Ooh. Uh, I, I take it he's going to be a villain. I would imagine. Not a fan of the uh, Bond series, Duke? I'm not familiar enough with it, ah, I should say. For shame. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I like him when I see him. But There's I, some you know, stinkers in the bunch. Don't. Let's not I'm not them. a rabid fan, you know. I would say I'm rabid, but I definitely. Uh, I've had. I, I. I'm into it. I'm a fan. <laughs> it was a note. James Bond. Yeah, it was noteworthy to me. Yeah. I keep. Uh, well, I'm getting really off topic here. I've been out to <laughs> Sam's Club a couple times, and they have like this Blu-ray of like the three Daniel Craig movies for like 15 bucks. Oh yeah. All three for. I was like five bucks. It was like. I'm like, do I really? I don't really watch movies like that anymore. Like, there was a time when I had like videos out the Yang. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's it just gets out of hand. And um, so now it's like, ah, do I really? Part of me is like, what a bargain. But part of me is like, you're (laughs) never going to watch those to justify the expense. So I I haven't been doing it, but I was just like thinking about it. But at any rate, yeah. So that should be interesting. I enjoyed Christoph Waltz. He seemed like a good. Actor for the Bond series. I think he's going to be in the Hateful Eight. I would believe that. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. That's almost going to be like a veritable all-star cast of the last decade from Tarantino pictures, plus Channing Tatum, who I enjoy his work. That's interesting. Have you seen any of the Jump Street movies? No. Yeah. I enjoyed them. Did you see both of them, Scott? Or, or just I just the, saw the first one. Second one's hilarious. It's a very self-aware sequel, but not like uh, break the fourth wall self-aware, yeah. but uh, almost like a meta self-awareness. Yeah. That uh, yeah, very well done. I thought it was hilarious <laughs> to do that without you know doing a little wink and the nod. They pulled it off in spades. Recommend if you enjoyed the first one to any degree, you'll enjoy the second one nice. exponentially more. So I think that that's that uh, I think we can wrap up uh, movie talk. Yeah. For the uh, movie talk, TV talk, movie talk pit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actual comic books on the comic book pit program. <laughs> How's that suit you? Yeah. Yeah. Let's saw that coming when they downloaded this episode. Comic book pit. Yeah. Hmm. Scott, I believe <laughs> you uh, have some Avengers World. Um. Yeah. I. Well. Yeah. I will. Say I have a new segment. Actually, it's an old segment. Me and Dan used to do this all the time back in the day. Back back in the aughts, you know. Um, mm. No, uh, basically my segment is, but I'm, I'm renaming it. It's the best. These are the best comics that I'm dropping from my pull list. We'll have to work so, like, with jingle. These are comics that don't suck, but I have I have come to an end with them. So. It's it's gonna it's kind of weird it's bittersweet, but it's not Avengers, you it's me. 
<laughs> it's not you, it's my money. <laughs> ah, been there. Well, you know, like you, you know, like sometimes it's like, hey, we, you know, it's like going to Kennywood. You know, it's the end of the day. You know, you gotta go. But <laughs> so, and it's still open. You know, people should go to. You know, and you recommend people go. So I'm going to recommend that people still check out Avengers World. Um, I myself have finished it because uh, I read the first 14 issues. Um. By Nick Spencer, I believe. Yeah, Nick Spencer. And um, this this has actually all been one story arc for the whole fourteen issues, um, or was it fourteen? Hold on, let me take. Let me let me not. Unless this last issue was actually. It may have been. Oh yeah, no, that's the final issue. Okay. So, wait, is the series over, or you're the end of the story? No, what, actually what they're doing is they're, they wrapped up the storyline, and it was a 14-issue storyline, and it was basically they, the Avengers were like, hey, what do we have on our plate today? Well, they had basically had three world catastrophes going on all at once, and it was like how they deal with, you know, problems of that magnitude that, they're like, well, we can't be everywhere at once, and how do we deal with it? So it'd be like uh, those uh, episodes like Family Ties when Alex has like two dates on the same night. <laughs> and she's got to run back and forth from the tables. Or, or, or when, yeah, exactly. And he took speed, and you know, and no, I don't know. Um, and he's like, he, I got to keep moving, you know. And that was on Saved by the Bell too. Um, it's on every every program. She's so yeah. excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. That's what it was. (laughs) Um, No, but like one of the problems was uh, there was a a dragon, like the um, there was a giant dragon that uh, Madripoor actually rested on, and the dragon woke woke up and started to fly towards Japan and try to destroy it. And uh, they're like, uh, this the entire city of Madripoor is on its head, and we have to stop it. <laughs> um, uh, so just another Tuesday, as far as the Avengers are concerned. <laughs> exactly, and and at the same time, AIM actually uh, kind of they they figured out somehow some way to advance their evolutionary process in a in a bubble. And so they were advancing beyond everything that the Avengers had to fight them. Um, and then also, uh, uh, I can't think of her name now. Morgana Le Fay? Yep, there you go, Morgana Le Fay. I pulled up the, uh, the uh, solicitation. She, she basically took over London, you know, and like most of Europe. And it was like all of, all this stuff is occurring at the same time. And they're like, oh my God, how do we deal with this all? But, it was actually really, it was interesting, like it was ambitious, um, because like some issues would only deal with one of the three major problems. So like reading them month to month, it was a little dis, disjoint, disjointed, you know, yes. like you're, you're like, where am I, you know, which story am I reading now? But I actually benefited by being behind on a bunch of books. Um, I read the last three issues all in one shot. And so it was a nice, uh, you know, wrap up. So it's a binge read book. It was a binge read book. Yeah. And, uh, with issue 14, they wrapped it up hardcore. Like it was like, 
we solved this problem. We solved this, you know, and they were like, we're done. And, and people in, there's just panels of people high-fiving at that point, you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> but the reason That's they true. wrapped it up is because they were getting, the next issue is actually going to get into the Axis stuff. And oh. I have no interest in, in uh, reading the Axis crossover. So Peace I said, out. yeah, I said, this is a good time for me to bid this book adieu. Um, so, but I mean, I, I really liked it. I really liked the run. Um, and I stuck with it till, you know, you know, till the end of it. Like I didn't jump out early. So, um, it's a good book, but I'm just, I'm done. You know, I, I'm going to focus on the other Avenger titles. You've grown uh, apart. It's time to see other books. Yeah. Yeah. I'm move, moving on from Avengers world. So that's, that's part one of my breakup story tonight. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. Comic books. You're breaking hearts of comic books all over the place. This evening. Yeah. Just, just two tonight, you know, we, Trying to be gentle, but uh, I'll let you do one though. You know, oh no, no, no! Keep the segment going. You want me to? You know what? You want me to break yes, up with another yes, book right yes. away? Because there's, just there's rip the bandaid off. Do it. Yeah, let's just get her done. End it. Let's not um, keep the anticipation going. The folks want to know what you're dropping, Scott. If I start getting into a book now, they're not going to listen. They're just going to be waiting for it. What the hell is Scott dropping? This is. They a, might just scrub ahead. So let's, oh let's yeah, save them. We time. can't. We can't. We can't let that happen. Um. Suicide risk. Eighteen issues in, and I'm and I'm calling it quits. Have you ever talked about this book on the show before? Because I feel like I've never heard of it. I I have tried to talk about this book, but I've always had a hard time uh, actually figuring out what was going on in it. <laughs> oh, eighteen <laughs> issues. That's good of you to keep it going. I stuck. I hung in there because I was like, I need to know what this book is really about. Like, I need to know what it is, what is going on in this book. And I really let, you know, Mike Carey, he's a very good writer and the, you know, the stories have been interesting. Um, but to give you the, the background, the first issue starts out with this cop and he, and he, uh, is investigating this drug that's on the street. And the drug, when people take it, they get superpowers. Um, most of the people that, that take the drug try to become superheroes. But eventually they turn evil. Mm. So, so, and he does. He's like, I don't know why. You know, he goes, he goes. We watched it happen. You know, like somebody's mind. You know, like they would change over a couple of weeks. People are jerks. That's why. Yeah. Did you ever read a comment thread? It's not surprising. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. So so this dude he basically said, well, the only way I'm going to find out is if I take it. So he he actually found the, the people that were peddling this this magic drug, he took it, and boom, he got superpowers. And I thought that was going to be it. You know, like, that. that's a story, you know? And then, like, he started having problems because he actually felt that he was changing into a villain. And, mm-hmm. like, not not in a obvious sense, but, you know, that he... His moral fiber was being changed, you know? Uh, his center and, uh, and then like out of left field, this book starts talking about, you know, this alternate dimension. And it's like, what the, you know, like, wait, well, I thought that I was like, I thought this book was about a beat cop, you know? Um, Leo winners. Yeah. And, uh, you're, you're checking it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
basically... I can't find previews, but I can find, like, uh, solicitations. And they even did this great story where, you know, all the all these characters were, were like, you know, all these people that got superpowers, so, like, we want, you know, we're, we're a power to be con- contended with, and they basically took over, um, I can't remember if they took over a country or what, but they were just like, look, we're going to be on the UN, we got our own people, this is how we're running things. And it was just like this, okay, so it, like, escalated, you know? And the whole time, this guy is becoming more in line with their way of thinking. And this guy being Leo Winters. Yeah, and eventually he he actually abandons his personality altogether and becomes this villain. Um, and now I need to look because I didn't flip these open. To- <laughs> Does he make it through the uh, the series to the point where you stopped reading? Yes. He does. Okay. I keep and- seeing talk of. Uh- his wife, Suni, and his daughter, I think Tracy. Right. Okay, so he becomes this villain called Requiem. Ah, okay. And and uh and it's just like he totally succumbs to this evil side. And uh but then like they start introducing this stuff with the with an alternate dimension. And it's like, well what is that? You know? So like then you find out that Earth is actually um a dumping ground for this other dimension. So, like, if they have somebody that committed a crime in their society, they wipe their mind, and they encode them with a new mind, and they throw them into Earth. So our our planet is so, like a giant penal colony for the multiverse. For this for this one place hmm. in particular. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, not a... But, Basically, almost like a Krypton society, you know, to, to describe it simply, you know, uh, an advanced society. And they're like, and they're treating Earth like Australia. You know, they're like, we yes. dump our, we dump yeah. our criminals here. And, um, so now, and what the drug, it, it wasn't a drug at all. It actually was something that gave them like a total recall. Uh, and so, like, the people that took the drug were actually all prisoners. Uh, to, from this other world, so they were all villains at heart, you know? Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that's what okay. I finally got to. I finally found that out. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, but at the same time, this guy, Leo Winters, uh, his, his good side, the side that they encoded, mm-hmm. actually, he did a Spider-Man Doc Ock thing where he was like, I still exist. And I'm a good man, and I'm gonna fight back. He's like, I'm not gonna let Requiem be a villain, and he fights himself in the final issue that I read. Yes, and uh, I see that I'm reading ahead because the solicitations for 19 and 20 are out. Yeah. Um, they 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 seem to reconcile their differences. They do. Did the Men of Gold show up in uh, what you've read? Uh yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Okay. Looks like they're about to become more prominent. This sounds fascinating. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to put another $4 book onto the it's list. It's ambitious. One I that mean, I'm a year and a half behind on. And I'd like to see the interiors. Is this cover artist also the interior artist? No. No, they do different artists. And they actually, I think they just added this uh, this artist recently that's doing these covers. Okay. Uh, Stephanie Stephanie Hans. All right. Elena been doing the- Casagrande is the interior artist. 
Uh, let's see if that's who. This one's Haymay Jang. So I do she think she's going Doctor Who. Hmm. She, uh, Elena Casagrande, did some Doctor Who. Oh, nice work in the past. No, they do change up artists, but I've I've always thought the art was was always, um, very very well done. You know, like there's I've never had a problem with the art in the book. Yeah, it's uh, alright. And so now I know. It's not my uh, cup of tea or wheelhouse, if you will. So, so basically, they took 18 issues to result to tell the audience that this guy is from a different planet, and now he has this. He he's bonded his two personalities, and so now he's actually a, a combination of both men. You know, so he's this good guy that they reencoded him, and he's this bad guy that he was originally. Hmm. Um, but now they've decided we're taking it back to them and we're going to fight back. Um, because they're, they're actually, because the people on the other planet are actually so afraid now that these guys are remembering that they're going to annihilate the earth. And they're like, we're not going to let that happen. So that's, that's why they want to, they want to go back at them and fight. Not, but, but for me, I think I've gone far enough, you know, like there's, I read, you know, the part that I cared about, like this guy's origin story. Um, but now they're going to take their. It's almost like what? It's like um, the sequel to a movie, you know. Like I, I watched the first movie, and now they're work. You know, issue nineteen will be the sequel. So interesting. So, so it's like I say, it's really good, really interesting stuff. But, but for me, it's time to go. My time has come to. Uh, Call the quits on that one too. Well, Scott, I can segue off of this in a way that I've become famous for on this program. <laughs> From books that you are parting ways with to a book I'm just getting started with. Okay. Uh, I, too bad Dan's not here this week because Dan read this as well. He put a little uh, 140 character review up on Twitter uh, last week. Um, that would have been nice to talk to him. Eventually, I will get to talk to him about it, but I read this as well and enjoyed it. It's uh, The Humans. Number one, oh, yeah. written by Kean Marshall Keller, drawn by Tom Neely. Uh, it's kind of like a throwback to the old like motorcycle flicks of like the late sixties, early seventies. You know, Easy Rider and stuff of the ilk, if you will. Mm-hmm. Only with uh, apes instead of humans. Uh, oh yeah, okay. It yeah. doesn't appear that there are humans in this world, just apes. And so the humans is the name of this motorcycle game. And so pretty much we meet them, uh, they're having a funeral for one of their members. And it is just a rollicking part of you of debauchery and decadence. And this is not a, uh, all ages book by any stretch. Okay. This, uh, it was bagged when I got it in the store. And, and with good reason. Okay. Um, it gets a little graphic. Um, almost like a, almost like an issue of a heavy metal at times. Ah, yeah, that's what I mean. All right, I'm talking wieners, fellas. Um, oh, floppy monkey wieners. Oh, and floppy monkey. Wow. Which I have kind of book are you reading? I don't think. I mean, I'm not an expert on animal junk. Yeah. But (laughs) really, (laughs) you know, you learn something new every day, don't you, Sean? Um, and here I pegged you as a guy that was uh, very good at animal <laughs> junk. Yeah, <laughs> I thought apes didn't have this sized 
<laughs> anyway, I, I don't know if it's accurate compared to the actual creatures, but they're apes in human clothes riding motorcycles. I don't think that's something really to nitpick on, but it was something that it did trigger a response when I was like, hey, wait a minute. I believe gorillas uh, don't have large genitalia. They're very, very tiny genitalia. You can always Google it. I could, but there's <laughs> just some things you don't want in the history. I will. Uh, like I, said, I, I wasn't that interested in your history. Yeah. Um, I think you're digging yourself into a pit here. No, I quite the opposite. And so then, like, they're burying the one member of the group, like another motorcycle gang shows up, they have a fight. You know, it's drawn beautifully. You know, the technical side of it is a very fantastic. The colors, all that jazz. Uh, the story's interesting. Um, it's an introductory episode. It does have a bit of, like, a cliffhanger that there is an ongoing story at heart here. It's not just a bunch of randomness. Um, I'll at least check out a second issue. Um who put okay. this out? Uh, Image put this out. Uh, I dug it. I know Dan dug it. He threw it out on Twitter. Yeah. It's really enjoyable. So if uh, you have guys, some folks out there with the mature taste and want something a little uh, off. You guys and your path. monkeys. Yeah. yeah. Monkey dongs. Um, <laughs> no, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it a lot. I will definitely check out the next issue. Um, I haven't determined yet where I feel about it as an ongoing, but... I definitely want to see where it's going. I'm not ready to make that decision yet. Okay. So it looks like it, it could be something here. Who knows? This might be the next uh, AMC show of the week. I doubt it, but hey, strange <laughs> things have happened. That's true. It'll be on NBC. Hey, we'll see how Gorilla Grodd does. You know. Yeah. But uh, speaking of uh, funny animal books, going from the ones that are not suitable for uh, all ages to one that's totally suitable for all ages... I also read last week Marvel's Rocket Raccoon number five. Oh. And uh, at first I was like not sure what to make of this because it was a not a true fill-in issue. Um, Scotty Young, you know, still writes it. Yeah. He did do, um, but uh, Jake Parker was like a guest artist this month. But um, the way they set that up was it's pretty much like the main story. The first story arc is just concluded. So this one's sort of like taking a breather. And uh, basically we have Rocket and Groot are like in the woods, like telling this little band of like alien Cub Scouts, like stories by the campfire. And uh, so like the first, like the wraparound pages are drawn by uh, Scotty Young, you know, setting it up, like telling the story. And then when it goes into the story itself, that's where uh, Jake Parker handles the art, who uh, I'm not, I wasn't that familiar with coming into it, but, uh, as someone whose work I enjoyed quite a bit, and uh, just a quick aside, uh, Duke, I don't know if you read this, but the Sp- Spider-Verse number one that came out this week. I have not read it. Features a Spider-Clan story written by Scott Young and drawn by Jake Parker, so there's a little oh, nice. connective tissue. Uh, you'll see what I'm talking about with that. Okay. Uh, but what's fascinating is, so this is a story of, I'm, I don't know if it's how, it's not the story of how Rocket Matt grew, they already know each other, but it's pretty much a story in the past I think it was sort of about the time they had a map. At any rate, Groot, Rocket doesn't want to tell the story, so Groot tells the story. So huh? the entire issue is basically everyone says, I am Groot. <laughs> all, the, like, all the different characters, because it's from Groot telling the story, so everything, the nice. dialogue, the narration, everything, like the little ads, like there's city scenes and there's like billboards, they all say, I am Groot. Everything is, I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. Deadpool has a cameo in it. 
But all the dialogue is, I am Groot. And it's funny, like, and then they get in the spoilers alert. They get to the end, and they, they tell the kids the story, and all the kids are like, like, did you understand any of what that was about? And, like, there's this one little, like, leaf kid who's like, that was the best story ever! <laughs> <laughs> that's how it ends. It was really fun, and it was, uh, nice. it's cute. Yeah, and, uh, that's awesome. I've been enjoying Rocket Raccoon. You know, I'm a long-time fan of Scott Young. Like I said, it's those two books, uh, Humans and Raccoon, are different ends of the spectrum, but yet have a lot of uh, similarities as well. Yeah. Go figure. And uh, there's a little teaser. I also read um, Holy Duck by a friend of the show, Nick Marino, this week. <laughs> I will save uh, thoughts on that. Maybe you guys can check it out as well. Holy Duck. I don't, I'm, I'm sure... Dan probably's going to check it out. Sean Atkins, you said you want to give it a shot yet. I got the digital download. The physical copy still weighs out yet. I couldn't wait, so I had to get it. But <laughs> okay, well, I had to know. Everybody a chance to uh, read that, and then we can all discuss it. So Sweet wait a minute. Group. Nick came out with a different book called Holy Duck? No, because we are what? a uh, safe-for-work podcast, Sean Atkins. Unlike our other program, the Figure It Out podcast, at figureoutpodcast.blogspot.com, available on Stitcher, um, where we, you know, say whatever we want to say. We don't edit out the cusses or censor the cusses. Right. Uh, as you've noticed on Comic Book Pit, uh, we don't do the cusses. Yeah, it's like saying gee whiz. Yeah, so, I mean, there was yeah. one episode where uh, we threw caution to the wind because that's the one where Nick came on and we discussed uh, Holy Duck. But uh, rather than censor ourselves on that, we just said it. But for the sake of keeping the safer work for the, label the mix. on iTunes, yeah. yes, uh, the uh, working title is Holy Duck. Just say it fast and it'll be fine. <laughs> and I'll draw you a diagram after the show. <laughs> yeah, In the go. meantime, though, you had a book, Sean Atkins. We didn't bring you here just because you're a pretty face. Wow. We brought you here because you had a book to talk about. Oh, I do? You told us you do. Do you? Did you just say that? Do you? Yes. He did read a book. I know he did. Uh, actually, I've read several books. Very But I have to narrow it down. Uh, I guess I'll have to go with Seconds. Seconds has been kind of a, a really good book. Uh, it's been a couple weeks, so hopefully I can remember some of the good juicy tidbits. Uh, Second. basically, this is a follow-up with Brian Lee O'Malley's follow-up of, uh, from his Scott Pilgrim series, which actually this is a lot different than his Scott Pilgrim series. Not too much, but it's definitely a lot less of, um, video game references as well as that magical realism, I guess is what it's called, or fantastical realism. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's basically about this uh, late 20s uh, cook, this girl, who wants to open up a a restaurant of her own, even though she was like the head cook of this one restaurant called Seconds. And basically her... Life kind of goes into turmoil once she eats mushrooms. <laughs> I'll kind of leave it at that for the most part when it comes to plot. Is it magic mushrooms? 
Uh, yeah. Or portobello. But not like the magic mushrooms that you think of. Hmm. The things just kind of <laughs> get more steadily like weird. Super Mario Brothers magic mushrooms? She's got like grow really big and... No, not quite, but uh, basically it's she stumbles over this um, mushroom in a notebook. Oh, this, I found um, a, uh, found a description. Now I know what you mean. Was it? She finds a mushroom, a notebook, and a little card that says, eat one, write down your problem, fall asleep, and everything will be as new. <laughs> and basically, it does. It's like if you made a mistake the night before, like you said this and you meant to say that, and it turned out to be like this big, huge problem. You know, so you, if you eat put that your mushroom, f- yeah, and then yeah. nothing ever happened. Like, you know, it just went on. That day just went on as if. So it's truly a magic like, mushroom. Mm. Yeah, it's truly a magic mushroom. Not being used. Steadily get out of uh, hand because she stumbles over a whole mess of magic mushrooms and a witch's pot. Mm. But all in all, it was a very good story. I kind of was expecting some of his tropes from the from the Scott Pilgrim series. And I was kind of glad I didn't. I mean, there was some storytelling elements that he carried over, which, you know, it, it didn't phase me out. It actually was pretty nice, as well as uh, there's a couple small cameos from the Scott Pilgrim family, which was nice, too. Did Not, he... like, blatant or anything like that. Okay. Just like, if asked... you notice them, you're like, oh, wow, I know who they are. So is the implication a shared universe, or is it just there for the sake of, like, Easter eggs for the fans? It's Easter eggs for the fans. This is totally, like, utterly separate from the Scott Pilgrim stuff. I don't think they even mention where it takes place. So it could be Canada. It could be not. This seems very European, like some of the buildings, but... There's probably a couple places in New England that look kind of <laughs> European. So there you go. Yards top notch. Uh, a little bit threw me off here and there, like some of the the characters are drawn, like how round their faces are a little bit. But you know, like I said, everything was just up and up. I was thoroughly pleased, and it read smooth. Is this book like in I, color? Yes, it is in color. Which, I don't know if it helps it. I think it does. But I've been so used to the Scott Pilgrim series all being in black and white. I can't really see his work in color. Unless mm. it's a cover. Or like some sort of special pinup. But it doesn't really ne- take away. Because I think he he uses... or Either he has very good colors that he trusts. Or he knows... He, definitely use it to his advantage. Uh, Sean, did you purchase this book, or did you borrow it from the library? I borrowed it from the library, but if I had the cash on me, I would probably buy it. As I was going to borrow it if you had purchased it. You can get it from your library. Yes, I'll just do that instead. (laughs) I I definitely buy it, because I have all his work. I have all his books. I'm not that familiar with his work, so I... I'm a little behind the uh, the curve. Lost to Sea was eh, it was all right, but then again, it was his first major work. 
Um, his Scott Pilgrim series definitely shined. Like, a lot. <laughs> like, you know, the first couple of them, meh. I'd, the second one kind of hooked me a little bit, especially when uh, it came to this interesting conversation piece he was doing with his panel layout, and he kind of somehow told you how to make a shepherd's pie. And it was just, oh. it just kind of blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> as well as the the fourth book was really great. I liked the fourth book. Like, the pacing of it. It, just, it was just so great. Like, there's this <laughs> one scene where Scott is hanging out with, like, I guess his ex, not an ex-girlfriend, but, like, this girl that he used to be really good friends with in high school. And, um, they say a line, and it was just, like, this really shocking line. It was on the last panel, and you flip the page, and it's a totally, utterly different scene, like, the very next morning, and you just, your jaw drops. You're like, what the hell just happened? What, what happened? What was the answer? So, it was pretty good. But I'm just looking at artwork. Yeah, I'm going to check this out. This seems intriguing. Well, thank you for the suggestion, sir. Excellent. Yeah. Gentlemen, do we have any closing remarks before we put a pin in it this week? Um, I do not. I'm, no, nothing. I am excited to read Spider-Verse. That's all I'm going to say. I, uh, you know, I bought the, uh, I didn't mean to talk about this. I won't go full into it. I bought the Spider-Verse, like, tie-in book, the, the little anthology. Yeah. Um, number one, mainly because of the artists involved. Uh, there were, you know, Umberto Ramos did the little introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, that's Scott Young, Jake Parker's story. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I can't say I'm a big fan. I'm not that familiar with her work, but, you know, Katie Cook was there. But there's yeah. also, uh, the real kicker was, uh, Tom Grummet did a, uh, backup oh. story as well. And there wow. was a time when, uh, I, you know, Tom Grummet, exact, yes. Huh? Yes. Yep. The Adventures of Superman, Superboy. That was. Yep. I had all of those. I adored Tom. Tom Grummet. I'm with wrong. you, man. That was some good stuff. Yeah, back in those days. Yeah. Now, he's one of those artists where technology doesn't really jive with his work. No, but you could, like his characters to me, like you could see the depth on with every line he he made those characters three dimensional. Yeah. yeah. There's. Uh. I mean, it might not be evident to anyone but it is to me like it's he's quite as with a significant influence on me as a young artist um the Incrediman's nose is wow. pure tom grummet <laughs> um whether you know it's clear or not but to me it's that's where that comes from should we expect a new book maybe called wall walrus and grummet <laughs> yeah walrus yeah. And, uh, oh. Oh. all right that's awful um no yeah. but it's um in the, uh, like I said, there, DC just put a little preview out. Tom Grummet's drawn a Flash story for the Convergence uh, storyline they're doing in the spring. And that was one where I was like, oh, man, I used to love Tom Grummet. But, boy, that's just, it's all digitally colored and hyper style, you know, hyper fancy with all the digital effects. And, like, just sort of kills it. Like, Tom Grummet, as inked by Carl Kiesel back, like, 20 years ago, was top-notch stuff as far as, you know, young me was concerned. So, but um, the the bit in Spider Verse here was actually a uh, Dan Slot tied it into the newspaper strip. Yeah. And Tom Grummet illustrated that story. Nice. So it's like it's black and white, like Zipatone Tom Grummet art. So it real the the ink job on it, like 
really highlights like what he can do strong. So and that just tickled my fancy there. Uh, so that uh, that that alone was like for me worth the price of admission on that. Book. Yeah. See, you know, for the books that I broke up with, I, it just meant it just gave me more room to buy more Spider Book Verse books, which you love, and your your enthusiasm for them is infectious, but not to the point where I'm plunking down my dollars for it. I'll just, yeah. <laughs> just tell me about it. They're just so much fun. I guess we can like tease... All, all the alternates. We can tease the next... Oh, yeah, they are cool. Tease the next week. Uh, I'm taking you bought Batman, but I haven't read it yet. Right. Okay. Read it for next week, dude. Okay. Okay. It's in my to-catch-up pile. Catch-up with... <laughs> put it on the top. Catch-up pile. Sean Atkins, thank you for filling in this week. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, no and, uh... <laughs> We never know when uh, one of us won't be here, so uh, thanks for being on call. I try. Who knows when you'll be back. It may be a minute. It may be a minute. Who knows? Um, Folks, thank you again for tuning in this week. It's been what, Combo Pick 177? Combo Pick 177. Uh, I'm Jared. I'm the Duke. I'm Sean, master of the Mystic Arts. (laughs) Okay.